Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on SIF Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> you could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. And welcome to episode 92 as we kick off a new work week here in the home base, the mothership of South Bend, Indiana. That's Chuck. I'm Corey. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. The Reggie White episode is coming your way right now. The Minister of Defense, 13-time Pro Bowler with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers, 198 sacks in his NFL career. That's, that's a lot. I'm going to put him in the uh, top 20 cool nicknames, too. The Minister of Defense. Because he was an ordained evangelical minister. That's right. Reggie White. Big guy. Big guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And very, very strong. And uh, quite the pitch man when he was in his prime. Like Campbell's when Soup, I believe, was the big one yeah. that he did. And then he... Reggie and Reggie's mom. Wasn't yes. that the start of that? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. All right, Chuck Freebie. Where do you want to start? Well, we'll start with something that didn't make the sports script today, but it seems to be the event that everybody is still talking about, and that is the controversy at Churchill Downs from Saturday with the results of the Kentucky Derby. And perhaps I take more offense at this because I picked the horse that crossed the wire first at the Derby and was feeling really good about myself for about 20 minutes. Did you lay any money down? No, I did not, but I know people who did. Okay. Uh, Maximum security. Uh, which was a horse that was unbeaten going in and had run well in the mud in at least one of those races going in. And so that's who I went with as my derby pick. A lot of people followed suit on that. He was the favorite, although at 4-1, to one, still a decent payoff if you're one who likes to bet like my friend Tristan. So Tristan laid down 200 on maximum security was proudly displaying his winning ticket on Twitter of getting his $800 payoff. But then the stewards intervened. Apparently there was a complaint that maximum security impeded the progress of other horses in the race. And if you watch the race, you see him come off the rail. The jockey of maximum security, Luis Saez, said he thought the horse got spooked a little bit by the crowd of 150000 And so he came off the rail and into the track a little bit more and allegedly, well, impeded the progress of other horses. I've read 
a lot on this, Corey, because I knew we were going to talk about it, and I didn't want to talk out of ignorance. And I admit that my horse racing knowledge isn't always the best. If you go buy the book of the rule book of the standards in the state of Kentucky, and you have to understand that horse racing does not have national laws that govern it. Okay. So each state has its own rules. And if you go technically buy the book, the stewards made the right call. However, this is the Kentucky Derby. It's nationally televised. And you would have a hard time convincing anybody who watched that race that maximum security wasn't the best horse in the field. And the best horse in the field, in my eyes, won the race. Not the eyes of the Kentucky Racing Commission, who overturned the result of the race 20 minutes after the result and award the Kentucky Derby title to Country House, who, by the way, went off at 65 to 1. Now, imagine, if you will, that you're at Churchill Downs. You decided to take a little flyer and put 20, maybe even 200 down on Country House because he's 65 to 1, and if he wins, it's going to be a big payoff. And you watch the race, and maximum security wins, so you kind of throw away your ticket. And then 20 minutes later, you find out that that ticket might be worth quite a bit of money. You should have seen the scrambling through the wet bleachers at Churchill Downs. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate and five-year-old ignorance. That's fine. You just told me that maximum overdrive... Maximum security. ...was the best horse on the field, even though, according to their rules, he broke the rules. Right. So in the world of sports, the best team should win even if they bend and break the rules a little bit. Well... I guess it's your I guess in my mind it's like how often is that rule applied? How often is that rule interpreted that way? You mean like did have they kept their eyes as close on every other race the, as can, they did this last one on Saturday? Right. Okay. Right. I mean You've got the rules in place, but are you um enforcing them yes. at all other times? Okay. It's much like at the end of a basketball game, do you ever see a three-second violation called? Never. Yeah. You're not going to let that determine the a basketball game. doesn't mean it's not a rule. It's the question of when you enforce it. And I'm not saying that in the Kentucky Derby all the rules should go out the window. But as I'm watching it, and, and granted, I am not Mr. Horse Racing here. Mm -hmm. So there might be maniacs out there who know a lot more about this sport than I do. But as I'm watching it, I and I even watch the replay, I see the horse behind maximum security almost hitting maximum security's legs a couple of times. Yeah, it just looked like it was a NASCAR Rubbins racing kind of moment. But the other thing is, you know, if if I'm running in front of you and you step on my heel... That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Mm -hmm. Either go around me, which obviously there wasn't room for this horse to go around me, right. or slow down. Why do you think 20 minutes? Do you think the weight of the amount of money that's being <laughs> transferred? Well, here, the here's the other problem I have with it, and this is a problem as a journalist, is the stewards did not 
make themselves available for comment afterwards. They just didn't want to deal with it. Right. They want to make their call, and then they want to get go, in the car and get go out to of their there. old Kentucky home. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with people who make decisions and then don't stand up and explain their decisions. And so uh, I saw in the morning news that they'll appeal that decision, and then there's two more big races coming up. Well, the Preakness comes up, I believe, in two weeks, and the owner of Maximum Security went on the Today Show today and said, we're not running the Preakness because there's no point in it. Hmm. Mm, there's that. So it, it, I just think for a sport that's struggling – and horse racing is struggling. It's not what it was when we were kids. It's not what it was certainly back in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't help because I would say 98% of the people, and maybe even higher, watching that race, watch that race and say, oh, maximum security won. No, 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 he didn't. Well, horse racing is uh, very much in the headlines just for the wrong reason. Right, <laughs> which, which is a problem for the sport. Now, the reason I switched over from the horse race mm-hmm. right away is because I wanted to catch the hottest team in Major League Baseball, and that is the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs, right at the moment that the race ended, Javi Baez hit a homer on Saturday to beat the Cardinals by a count of 6-5. to five. And then last night, uh, the Cubs flexing their muscles somewhat. Chris Bryant... Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras all hit homers, and the Cubs clubbed the Cardinals 13-5, to finishing a sweep of St. Louis. Seven in a row for Joe Madden's squad, and they find themselves in first place in the National League Central this morning. I'm guessing you either saw or kept your ear on the whole series throughout the weekend. Did you have a favorite moment? Well, I thought Hendricks was just sensational on Friday, throwing an 81-pitch shutout and a complete game and beating the Cardinals 4 nothing. Just watching his mastery and the kinds of bad swings the Cardinals were having against him, that for me as a baseball fan was fun to watch. But I think the moment of the weekend was the Taylor Davis Grand Slam on Saturday. Here's a kid making just his third major league start. Mm-hmm. His claim to fame was staring at the camera in <laughs> Iowa for the scoreboard camera. That's his claim to fame. They bring him up. They throw him into the Cubs-Cardinals rivalry. And Diane Freeby can confirm this for you. So we're driving back from Detroit, having picked up our daughter from the airport. We're on the bypass. We're just about in the home stretch. Cubs load the bases. Taylor Davis has come to the plate. And I turned and I said to her, now would be a pretty good time for his first career grand slam. Sure enough, First pitch fastball, inner half, about thigh high. He turns on it and sends it just to the left of the video board in left field. Knots the game up at five. So will he continue to play in the major leagues, or was that just a weekend stint because someone was injured? Or Well, Victor Caratini, the backup catcher, is injured, and he's out for a while. So Davis is on the ball club, and he'll get some innings. Now, Wilson Contreras is the number one catcher, and there's no doubt about that. But you can't have your number one catcher because of the physical demands of the of the position play seven days in a row, and that's what the Cubs have coming up this week. So I'm sure Taylor Davis is going to get some more time this week. Nice. White Sox, their starting pitching is awful. Yesterday, 
Their relief pitching was awful. They give up seven runs in the eighth inning to the Red Sox and lose by a count of nine to two. They wind up losing three out of four in that series. But whereas the Cubs have had great starting pitching as of late, with the noted exception of you, Darvish, the White Sox have just had horrendous starting pitching. Carlos Rodon appears to be on the shelf for some time. Yesterday, they got five good innings out of a young man by the name of Dylan Covey, but Sox are a tough watch right now because even though they had a couple of walk-off wins last week, they just they can't keep themselves in games. Their pitching and their defense leave a lot to be desired. Tigers got a nice win yesterday. They beat the Royals by a count of 5-2 to two in extra innings. Brandon Dixon, a three-run walk-off homer. But I think everybody in that division is going to be chasing the Minnesota Twins. They're playing good baseball right now in the AL Central. Cleveland's pitching staff is banged up somewhat with Corey Kluber taking that line drive off the forearm last week. He'll be out for a while. So Sox and Tigers have their hands full trying to keep pace with the Twins. South Bend Cubs get a win over the weekend. Yeah, they start a homestand this week. Uh, By the way, $2 Tuesday. If you go online to get your tickets, you can go to the game tomorrow night, although it's going to be a little bit cool. They had a rough road trip in Iowa, uh, fell out of first place. However, they're still competing for the East Division title, so we'll see how Buddy Bailey's team can do this weekend or this week as they come back to the friendly confines of Four Winds Field. saw a great video with Joe Hart over the weekend. They got their own beer now. One of the local breweries stepped up and put it in a nice Cubs can and that's a nice collector's item. Yeah, they had a uh, they had an event there. I think Saturday, either Friday night or Saturday night, where mm-hmm. they had uh, a beer and wine tasting event. So it'll be interesting to see how they draw. School's not out yet, and the weather does not look overly cooperative. At least early in the week. Our uh, mutual pal Mike Lightfoot got to uh, lead the Louisville team in a devotion before their game against Notre Dame. Somehow he inspired them. I'm not sure how, but. Um, it's not like they needed it. They have beaten Notre Dame baseball like a rented mule over the last few years. 19 straight wins by Louisville over Notre Dame baseball. The most recent was 8-2 to two on Sunday. Saturday, however, was the one that really hurt the Irish. They're up one nothing going to the 8th. They bring in Tommy Vale, who had been exceptional out of the bullpen as of late. He was not exceptional on Saturday. He walked two batters, then gave up a three-run homer to the reigning ACC Player of the Week, Alex Benelis. And Louisville walks out of Frank X Stadium on Saturday with a 3-1 win. Notre Dame only scored three runs all weekend. You're not going to win too many games doing that. Do you own a Louisville slugger? I did as a kid. I've been to the factory. I, I, I think if you're a baseball fan... And you don't have to be an ardent baseball fan to appreciate the process of what they do in that building. Uh, it It's a fun tour. A tour worth taking? Yeah, I think okay. so. Where are you at on wiffle ball bats? Uh, we've got plenty at our house. I did a cleaning of the garage <laughs> on uh, Sunday and found five wiffle ball bats. Considering that we only have three kids living at home right now, I think we've we've got more than our supply. One should go under every bed as a weapon. Well, no, one's actually being sent to Dayton for one of the kids who's not going to be home this summer, so (laughs) she's got uh, something to play with down there. NBA playoffs. 
NBA playoffs continue. I, I have to tell you, Corey, it's it's not my most exciting topic, but uh, they continue. Kawhi Leonard played very well for Toronto yesterday, 39 points, 14 rebounds. Toronto knots up that series with Philadelphia with a 101-96 win. Denver uh, beat Portland last night, 116-112. The interesting thing about that series is that the road team has won every game so far. So it's tied at 2 Going into that, of course, the playoffs continue tonight. Milwaukee will take on Boston. Bucks looked really good on Friday night. Pat Connaughton had a big game. He had 14 points for Milwaukee in their win at TD Boston Garden. So now can uh, Milwaukee kind of pick up where they left off? They lead that series by a count of two games to one, entering game four tonight. I thought I had a horrible first pitch, by the way. Oh, my goodness. That first pitch that Connaughton threw last week at Milwaukee, <laughs> lucky it didn't kill about two people. I threw one just like that about 15 years ago. Haven't been asked back. Just a bit outside. Well, it'll be interesting if he's asked back because uh, that, oof. Speaking of NBA, shout out to your former intern. Monty Williams, who interned for me at WNDU oof, long time ago. I'm going to say... 27 years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, I would read up on this guy. Great Christian faith. uh, Lost his wife in a terrible automobile accident a few years ago. uh, Has really stayed strong. Extremely well respected by the NBA community. He is taking on a monster task to try to rebuild the Phoenix Suns, who were, if not the worst, one of the worst teams in the NBA last year. Um, but he's going to take that on. His name had come up in consideration for the Lakers job, and he didn't get that, but he's going to Phoenix and going to coach in the NBA as a head coach for the first time. So congratulations to Motti. Um, You know, overcame a, a heart condition while at Notre Dame that sidelined him for a year, came back and played under John McLeod, had a decent NBA career as a player, and now well-respected as a coach hmm. i'm not a huge fan of golf but i'll bring this up only so i can hear you talk about how much money this guy won well the young man's name is max homa and another fascinating story max homa two years ago on the pga tour and you think well golfers boy they lived the life his total take for the year on the pga tour was eighteen thousand five hundred prize money that's his winning okay now, you have to remember that unless Max Homa has some sponsorships, which he probably doesn't if he's making just eighteen five, my guess is his expenses probably matched that, if not exceeded eighteen five. So he may have been losing money as a PGA pro. And I, I don't know enough about his background to know if he comes from a wealthy family or, or right. how that works. But he stuck with it. And yesterday, he got his first PGA Tour victory at the Wells Fargo Championship and took home a first prize check of $1.42 million, which I think will more than exceed whatever debts that he has run up. And kind of make it all worth it. Absolutely. And, you know, now he's got uh, exemptions and things like that, so he'll be able to play in the Masters next year. He'll be able to play in a number of PGA events because he won one and. it it's just a nice story because, yeah, you hear about the Tiger Woods and you hear about the, the t- 
top players in the game who rack up a lot of money and and clearly 1.42 million for a week's worth of work ain't too shabby for Max Homa but when you consider that uh 2 years ago uh, people working at a McDonald's could probably make as much as Max Homa it's an incredible story final headline Notre Dame women's lacrosse makes the NC tournament yeah both the lacrosse teams that Notre Dame made the NCAA okay. tournament the the men are the 7th seed uh, the women will have to play Stanford. They'll play them in Evanston, Illinois, where Northwestern is the number four seed overall for the uh, NCAA Women's Lacrosse Tournament. The bigger story is the turnaround for the Notre Dame women's team. They had, uh, they've struggled in a couple of recent years, but they have things going now, and they make the NCAA Tournament it's pretty much a given every year that Kevin Corgan's men's team is going to make the NCAA tournament. They have set themselves up in very good position, although they lost to Virginia in the ACC championship on Saturday by a count of 10 to four. Saw this tweet last night before I went to bed. Uh, Bears have waived Redford Jones, John Barron, a Darius Pickett, and Lawrence Marshall. Does that mean anything to you, those not, four? Not a word. No. Yeah. Uh, free agents Tommy Doles and Jalen Dalton. No. All right. Here's a tweet that I thought about all weekend long. Somebody tweeted out top five movies that you think are perfect and you wouldn't change a line, a shot, or an actor. Yeah, I actually answered that I put one. a ton of thought into this, and then I saw that you, you rolled it out. Yeah. Uh, number one, Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Number two, It's a Wonderful Life. Right. Animal House <laughs> 3. <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? I specifically remember my mom and dad coming home from the movie theater that night after seeing that with their some friends. It was a <laughs> rated R movie. Obviously, I couldn't go. Right. And my mom thought that was the funniest thing, especially sawing the horse in half to get it out of as opposed to just turning it to get it out of the doorway. You know, they're they're cutting the horse during a meeting. She just thought that was the greatest thing ever. Uh, in a number four, Wizard of Oz and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, number five. Movies that you wouldn't change anything about. That's a good list. Thank you. That's a real good list. Do you have any additions or I subtractions? Tried. I tried, and I, uh, well, it'll be completely different from that one, but uh, I have not put it together yet. I'm still thinking. So, now, I'm surprised that you just don't go Star Wars. Um... But you would change maybe some of those? Yeah. You know what I don't like about Star Wars right now is, you know, they redid it and they put it out in the late 90s. They, they polished it up and added a few more scenes because special effects had finally caught up with what George Lucas wanted. Right. I think that ruined the movie. Or Avengers, you wouldn't... Uh... Hmm. Yeah, I got to think about that. I love that. Maybe by the end of the week I'll have... See, you probably put too much thought into it. <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> I probably do. All right. Uh, being thematic with the 90s, this is episode 92. So a favorite song from 1992. How about you first? Well, I don't want to be Mr. Trendy. Um, however, when I look at music from 1992, the one that stands out is very popular once again, thanks to your buddy, Mark Martell. And thanks to a little movie by the same title as the song, this came out in 1992, a little ditty out of Queen by the name of 
Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, would it be a big hit in 92 because of Wayne's World? Is that why? Um, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, the car scene, right? The uh, When they're banging their heads. It was definitely in the top 40 in 92. But just think about this. The amount of listening audience that probably never knew about this song, including... Well, no, my kids weren't, my daughter wasn't even around then yet. That's the thing. I mean, this is 27 years ago. Yeah. That this made a little run, mainly because and when of it, its positioning in a movie. I'm trying to think of when it came out. 70, 78, maybe? Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was six. <laughs> and wow. see the other the other song I would have picked from ninety-two was another remake that year. Go on. And it would have been the George Michael Elton John version of "Don't Let the Sun Do- Go Down on Me." That was a good song. I think I got a jersey with that on it. Uh, who would that be under? George Michael gets credit for that one. I believe so. Any interest in the Elton John movie? Some, but not not all that much. I don't know if I'm on board with movies that are made by people that are still around. I kind of want the story to be over. Yeah. Because he might have a few tricks up his sleeve still. Oh. You know? You would think. I don't know. Although this is supposedly the final tour. Yeah. I was full on Seattle Sound. Full on. I heard Pearl Jam. I was in. Totally in. When's the first time you heard them? So I'm doing nights at U93, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are having a colossal career takeoff with Give It Away and Under the Bridge. Okay. Here are those songs. Yeah, Give It Away, Give It Away, Give It Away now. So they're going to play at the Kalamazoo State Theater, and I asked my program director for a pair of tickets in the night off. He gives it to me. So I drive up there with a buddy, and it's three bands, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the headliners. I have no idea who the first two bands are. We walk in a hair late when the show starts, Chuck, and I see a dude with long hair and flannel and cargo shorts climbing on the rafters in the light rig, and the people are going bananas, and all of their hands are up, and he lets go, and the crowd catches him, throws him back up on the stage, and it's this guy, which was, I mean, the amount of distance was insane. Had no idea who they were. And then... uh this really tall dude with long red hair came out in like a choir robe and they played. It was Smashing Pumpkins. I'd never heard of them either. <laughs> yeah. And then the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out with light bulbs on their heads. And I thought, all right, that's one way to express yourself. Either that or they all had ideas.
Well, so there's my choice right there. No, nothing wrong with that choice either. But I, you know, it, it's funny because I looked at the pop charts, I looked at the country charts, mm-hmm. and I was not going to go with the song that really kind of swept the country in '92. Achy Breaky Heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. That song wore out its welcome on me in a hurt. No Rain by Blind Melon was also a pretty big one that crossed genres. Yes, that was good. I remember. uh, But that was a remake too, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I remember pushing uh, the program director to rethink playing that one and a little ditty called Smells Like Teen Spirit because it's going to change music. No, no, it's a rock song. Uh, What do I know? Yeah, why would we want that? What am I when doing now? When we can play the same thing over and over. What is he doing now? <laughs> We've come to the end of the list. We've come to the end of our thoughts. Well, for today. Yes. We're back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on the Twitter machine, on Instagram. Email thesportsyak2ks at gmail.com. Until next time, sports fans. Eric Kratz and Oogaloo. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.